0: So there is a sex assault trial that has uh, worked its way through the courts, and we've been talking about it because um, it involves a Quebec man convicted of sex assault after he removed a condom during sex with a woman, and that's because he agreed to wear one as part of the conditions of the couple having sex. So for background, in case you aren't familiar uh, with the story, the couple had met on Plenty of Fish, and they did arrange to meet for consensual sex. The agreement was he had to wear a condom, and that no means no. And she put that into writing in a text, and he agreed. And even during sex, she said it again, only to learn that he had taken the condom off, told her he was clean, and and she agreed to that as long as he did not ejaculate. And so the judge ruled that his behavior invalidated his sexual partner's consent. And that she was put at risk and his actions amounted not just to fraud, but the decision for him to remove the condom after repeatedly being told no uh, took her sexual autonomy away. Naomi Sayers is an indigenous lawyer, feminist, and has experience in the sex trade. She joins us now. Good to have you, Naomi, because um, you say that this is something not uncommon in the sex trade and I'd, I'd hazard to say that, that I think a lot of women in everyday life have had this experience in one way or another.
1: So what I mean is that it's not uncommon um, uh, among sexual interactions between uh, heterosexual couples especially um, the turn like where there's a turn of power or control involved. Mm-hmm. Um, sex workers, non-sex workers alike. Um, just being my own self. I've had experienced it um, on numerous occasions and uh, it's pretty traumatizing to say the least.
0: And so what makes this case because I've heard of a lot of of incidents like this but this case seems to have kind of uh, caught on and has caught the attention of everybody. What is it about this case in particular that is so uh, unique? Well I think
1: what's unique about this one is that the lady The victim had put it in writing she texted it and said you know sure you can come over and we can have sex but these are the conditions and generally when those kinds of conversations happen those conversations happen behind closed doors and there's no texting Um, but now that we have dating apps uh, easier to connect with people um, for whatever uh, reason you want to connect with them um so i think that's the difference here
0: right is is that she had a contract of the of, of the experience and he agreed to it here's my question then because some will say well there's a gray area because she eventually changed her mind so how does you know the initial contract that they had signed during this text or not signed had had kind of agreed to in the initial text and then during the act itself i guess she relented and said okay but just don't you know i'm, I'm not on birth control don't don't ejaculate would would one contract stand even though they changed or she had a change of mind
1: so we have to like not look at it in contract but we have to look at it in the circumstances uh, that had happened so uh, she made it very clear that this is the conditions in which you were to engage in sexual intercourse um and he did not uh agree like he did not participate in that he i don't i, I don't know um the necessary uh like the the nuances of it but based on the decision um either he removed the condom or it was or he didn't even put it on um it uh it's very clear though that uh she was scared and that she didn't consent to it and that there was some form of uh, uh you know she said in her evidence that um, she made small talk with him because <laughs> She was, fear, she was fearful that she would try it again, because not only did he do it once, he did it twice, and he did it vag- vag- and, uh, vaginally and anally.
0: So. And so so the fact that she put this into a text, I mean, moving forward, if people know about this story, I would think that that is a, one of the safest things you can do, is just put it in writing. Here's what I'm agreeing to and not. Um, and if something should go wrong, at least you've got proof.
1: Right. So that's the sad part about... Um, Sexual assault is that—that doesn't always happen, and um, people should be able to say no, or people should be able to communicate in which uh, consent looks like for them. And if consent meant for her, you need to wear a condom. Uh, Should like you shouldn't feel. That you have to put that in writing because that's a little extreme. And we all know that uh, sex doesn't always play out
0: that way. Right. It, it's, yeah, it, there's always, uh, you know, emotions and, and feelings always come into play. But, you know, had she not had some kind of written exchange with the agreement, uh, chances are this case probably would have gone in his favor.
1: Well, no, because he also lied um, and he also um, agreed that that this was the agreements, right? So he said that there was no dispute that uh, the condom mm-hmm. was required and that no means no. And um, that he actually, when he went to the police station the first time based on the decision, uh, he bought a written statement with him. And like, it's almost like as if he knew that that's what he was going there for. Um, and the decision also states that when he left her house, even though he was supposed to spend the night, he logged back onto plenty of fish, saw that she was online, and blocked her. So it's like
0: there's something fishy going on there, like a fishy. revenge almost. Yeah. yeah. So it's... moving forward, though, does this change anything? Uh, you know, we've had so many um, sexual assault cases that, that generally don't go in a woman's favor, and so there's been a mounting discussion about how difficult they are to to um, try to get you know go through the process for the alleged victim. In this, does this change anything? Um,
1: all cases depend on the facts Um, and what this victim had done um, when this had happened was she went to a counsellor she had I guess her counsellor must have told her you know it's probably a good idea to go get tested to go do the sexual assault kit and then within a few days she decided to go to the police Um, so those are all steps that a victim can take Mm -hmm. uh, to help um, deal with not only with anxiety but You know, you don't have to worry about going to the police right away. That could be decided later on. Um, But in terms of this decision, what was key about this for me was the fact that the judge recognized that pregnancy, she said the condom is a form of birth control and the pregnancy, the risk of pregnancy was the harm. Um, Because pregnancy does change a woman's body and it can lead to health problems. So...
0: Right, and so moving forward, though, I think given given that online meetings and Tinder and Plenty of Fish and whatever else is out there, this is the new way of dating. This, to me, is just uh, just one more level of protection one can give themselves before they get into any um, agreement and or you know uh, arrangement with uh, a partner.
1: Yeah, especially if you're going to meet strangers um, and uh, or meet somebody that you've never met. I mean, obviously, we're meeting strangers every day, yeah. um, so. <laughs> would I put this in writing? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Um, it really depends. But I commend the victim for uh, standing up for herself and for taking that on. But uh, she shouldn't have had to, right?
0: Yeah, well, it's an, it's an interesting case. It's getting an awful lot of attention. But uh, moving forward, we'll see if in fact it changes anything. But uh, certainly got a lot of headlines. Uh, Naomi, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. That is Naomi Sayos joining us on this particular case. I'm Alex Pearson. This is On Point here on Global News Radio.